Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball. 52 weeks out of the year, there is no off-season, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a beautiful day in Pasadena, California, just down Orange Grove Boulevard, or Orange Grove Avenue, I guess, from where the Rose Parade took place just yesterday. It's the second day of January. It's the second day of 2018. Yet another year of solid baseball may no longer be daily, but we're going to produce a lot. In fact, there's going to be a lot of new content and a lot of new forms of content going on this year. Uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm going to make some announcements over actually the next uh, week or so about that. You know, yesterday... Oh, I just want to, you know, it's a gorgeous day, and I'm doing this outside. Sometimes I do this outside because I can. I'm in California. I mean, if I'm going to live out here in this craziness, then I'm going to, you know, in terms of the fires and the earthquakes and the drought and the housing prices and all that that comes along with living here in California, then God damn it, sorry, Ray, I'm going to do a podcast outside from time to time. Now, the problem is, this is where I'm doing this. There's a train stop not too far from me. So you may hear a ding, ding, ding from a train. Do you know what? That's the price you pay. So I'm standing out here. I'm in my shorts. You understand that? It's early January, and I'm in my shorts. I'm in my shorts and a T-shirt. And that's the kind of weather we have here in California in early January. Am I rubbing it in? I don't know if I'm rubbing it in. Some people miss the seasons. I, you know, I prefer cold to hot. Let me, let me make that 100% clear. Cold to hot any day. Because if you're cold, you can bundle up. You can get under a blanket. You can wear your sweatshirt. You can wear the nice, big, comfy socks. You can make a nice cup of chicken noodle soup. Maybe have some chili. Maybe some hot chocolate or something like that. And curl up and snuggle up and get all warm. You know, know, there's something about when it's, you're trying to fall asleep and it's a little chilly. I sleep with the windows open. I prefer my room to be chilly. And, you know, that way you could, you know, you could bundle, you could curl up in a ball. If it's too hot, I mean, what can you do if it's too hot? You can only remove so many clothes before they call the cops. And then, you know, like, yeah, you can have a nice glass of lemonade or you can, you know, sit in a pool or something and cool off there. But eventually, ugh. And when it's hot at night, oh, my God, that's the worst. And you're just sitting there and you feel like you're marinating in your bed. So, you know, I, I prefer cool to hot. And it gets hot here. Remember game one of the World Series was at uh, Dodger Stadium this year. It was over 100 degrees. That's too damn hot for late October. That's craziness. And you may say it's a smidge bonkers that I'm standing out here, you know, in Pasadena in my shirts and shorts. But that being said, when it's super cold, and I remember those days in New York City, when I'd be walking up like West End Avenue and you, you'd be walking and you didn't realize that the buildings were blocking wind that was gusting off of the Hudson River. And then you finally get hit that, oh, God, any exposed skin, you just want to chisel off. I remember that. I remember that. And I remember thinking, thank God damn it, why don't I live in California? 
the grass is always greener and it's mainly greener here because they water too much now I'm not here to talk about the weather but I am going to talk about a colder place and that is Canada I guarantee you that if I was doing this podcast anywhere in Canada Vancouver Calgary Toronto Montreal Moose Jaw that I would not be doing it outside in my shorts and a t-shirt unless there's a more of a masochistic side to your pal Sully which I honestly don't think that there is I'm going to bring up Canada for a specific reason and it goes a little bit to the podcast that I did yesterday which was about the suffering index you know I made a big big deal about the suffering of Cleveland Indian fans and trying to figure out the best way to formulate the suffering of the Washington Nationals fans Boy, it would be a hell of a lot easier if the Nationals just win a pair of World Series and I wouldn't have to say, well, this and this and compare it to the Senators, compare it to the Expos. No, just win two World Series and wipe all that out. But they can't do that. And we, you know, we went through all that yesterday, so let's not go over that. But there is a connection to Canada there because of the Expos. And someone wrote to me saying, is there any way to calculate into the suffering index losing a team and I said I don't know I mean I already went through yesterday there seems to be some sort of flaw with the actual mechanics and the the actual uh, mathematics of the statistic that I tried to create and I was so proud of myself I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a flaw in it now or is it just that everything is older I don't know I don't know how you calculate losing a franchise but if you are a Montreal fan your suffering's off the charts your team never made it to the World Series. There was only one trip to the World Series, and that was the ill-fated 1981 NLCS. Your greatest team had the rug pulled from it when the baseball strike took place. And now there's not even a team, and there's, there's, there's uh, flirting with certain franchises. And I believe baseball is due for an expansion. It's been 20 years since the last expansion. That's the longest there's been uh, uh, between expansions since the first one. And for those of you who don't like uh, you know, interleague play every day, and I'm not a fan of interleague play every day. I think it should be something done in the middle of the season to mix up the schedule a little bit. If there are 32 teams instead of 30, then there's 16 teams in each league, and you wouldn't have to have an interleague game played every day. And so if you expand it to two cities, um, you know, and assuming that you keep the team in Tampa Bay and assuming you keep the team in Oakland, then that, I don't know where one team, maybe Charlotte is, of course, a great choice, uh, maybe Portland, maybe Albuquerque, maybe San Antonio, but Montreal would be a key choice as well, mainly because they already have a facility where, at least temporarily, they can play Major League Baseball games, the ill-fated uh, Olympic Stadium, but still. But it got me thinking about another thing. The most suffering fans I could think of. And this is uh, quite a region that I'm going to throw out there. And I have my reasons for saying it. I made a big deal in talking about the suffering index yesterday. In that this is for baseball only. I can't get into football. I can't get into basketball or hockey or college sports or any other major sport that would relieve the tension of a fan base. You know, the Cleveland Indians losing Game 7 of the World Series in 2016 
was a lot easier for Cleveland fans to swallow when you consider that the Cavaliers won Game 7 of the NBA Finals just a few months before. The whole, I'll never see a Cleveland team win in my lifetime, uh, monkey was taken off of their collective backs. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, are high up there in the suffering. But the Steelers have won recently, and the Pittsburgh Penguins have won a ton recently. So it's not all doom and gloom if you're a Pittsburgh fan, just mainly if your main team is the Pirates. But I started thinking about expanding that what, what, which uh, city has been suffering the most, just all together. And I kicked around San Diego, and I kicked around Buffalo, which doesn't even have a major league team. But then it dawned on me. It's not a city. It's not a region. It's not a state. It's a whole country. The country of Canada. If you are a Canadian sports team, sports fan, holy cow, you're going through hell. You're going through absolute hell. And the scary thing is, is if you went back, you know, what I don't think doesn't feel like that long ago, but I suppose is. If you go back to, let's say, the summer of 1994, being a Canadian sports fan looked like it was going to be all champagne and beautiful women. Well, I mean, if you go back to, you know... 1994, let's go back 25 years, 25 years, you had Canada was basically kicking America's ass a little bit when you think about it, that there was, you know, there was, Canada was, had the Toronto Blue Jays winning back-to-back World Series titles, you had an uprising in Montreal and it looked like they were going to be the next great team. And you have the Montreal Canadiens winning the Stanley Cup over Los Angeles in 1993. And there's a certain amount of symbolism there. Because the greatest figure in Canadian sports history, Wayne Gretzky, was traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the LA Kings in the late 1980s to basically bring hockey to Canada, uh, to Los Angeles, and to have the biggest star in hockey playing on the, the big stage of LA. Well, since that trade, it was the Edmonton Oilers who went on to win a Stanley Cup without Wayne Gretzky. And when Gretzky finally got L.A. to the Stanley Cup Finals, they lost to a Canadian team, the Montreal Canadiens. And with back-to-back championships by the Blue Jays and the Toronto being the first team to bust four million fans for a season and the Expos putting together a team with Hall of Famers, man... Canada was looking good a quarter of a century ago. And what's happened since? Stop and think about this for a second. The Blue Jays went from Joe Carter's home run to the 2015 postseason. 22 years without making the postseason. And for a while they had the excuse of, well, we're in the division with the Red Sox and the Yankees, and we can't spend with them. But the Tampa Bay Rays made mincemeat of that argument. And later, Baltimore did as well. And so you had Toronto, who was putting together teams sometimes with great stars, 
Remember, Roger Clemens wore, took a pair of Cy Youngs in Toronto. Remember uh, Roy Halladay, the late Roy Halladay. God, I can't believe it's the late Roy Halladay. Emerged as a potential Hall of Famer as a Blue Jay. And they wanted to contend. They wanted to put a winner on there. They even did stupid things like sign Vernon Wells to a long contract because they wanted to say, hey, here's a homegrown star. We're going to keep him. And it didn't work. Nothing seemed to work. They couldn't put a contender on the field. And they were the worst kind of team not contending because year in and year out, they were around 500. They were mediocre. They weren't terrible. They weren't like, oh, well, we're building for the future. They were just good enough to think, are we? Are we? But not good enough to pull the trigger and get into October. And so you had decades going by. If you're a Blue Jays fan, where Sky Dome, now Rogers Center, went from the place to be, $4 million a, a, a year, and, and free agents lining up to join Toronto. Remember, that was a place to go if you were a free agent. That was a place to go if you wanted to win. And then suddenly, the novelty of Skydome went away. Because remember, Skydome opened up in 89. And it was a super new, cool stadium. But then Camden Yards showed up. And no one wanted a futuristic-looking stadium that looked like a flying saucer that landed in the middle of Toronto. And other teams were able to do the things like have the hotel or have the retractable roof, but do so in a sort of bullshit, faux, nostalgic way. The novelty of the Blue Jays being one of the cool teams in baseball went away. The novelty of the Blue Jays being the team of the Dominican Republic went away. When the Blue Jays were the team bringing Dominican stars left and right. I remember when I was living in New York City, there's tremendous Dominican population in New York City, especially up in uh, near Fort Washington. And there you saw tons of guys wearing Blue Jays hats and Blue Jays unis during the 1990s in New York. Because you grew up rooting for because they had George Bell, they had Tony Fernandez, they had all these great players coming up through the Dominican Republic because they tapped that mine of talent so aggressively along with the L.A. Dodgers. But now other teams have done so they don't have that going for them. And then you had, finally, they put together a winner. And they're able to steal Josh Donaldson away from the A's and trade for David Price and have that great power combination of Bautista and Donaldson and Edwin Encarnacion and all these talented Strowman, all these young pitchers on the team. And they had that opportunity in 2015 where they won that classic series against the Texas Rangers. And they probably should have beaten the Kansas City Royals, but they couldn't pull the trigger. That Royals team was just too much of a, like a bunch of swarming bees. And then they wind up winning the wild card game the next year, like Edwin Encarnacion, because Buck Showalter fell asleep as the manager of the Orioles, and they beat the Rangers again. But, you know, the Blue Jays were probably not better than the Cleveland Indians. 
But now they're losing their stars. They already lost David Price. They already lost Edwin Encarnacion. And you're starting to see, is this window of opportunity closing? Was that it? Could they not close the deal? Is there a window of opportunity only a couple of years? Sometimes it is. Just ask the Kansas City Royals, who managed to capitalize on their window of opportunity perfectly with a pair of pennants and a World Series title. Royals fans have nothing to worry about. But if you're a Blue Jay fan, you say, wait a minute, did we miss our chance? Was 2015 our best chance? Are we going to start losing our players? Are we going to start losing this opportunity to win? Is that our best pennant chance? Are we now going to go fade off in the sunset and wait for another rebuilding process? Of course, like those years when they were in the, winning in the 80s, you know, 85, 83 wins or whatever it was, they're playing in the tantalizingly flirty American League where it takes doesn't take a great team. It only takes about 84, 85 wins to be one of the wild card teams. So if you're a Blue Jays fan, you think, well, geez, I'm, I, we got to be able to be that good, right? I mean, all right, the Yankees are now fortified. The Red Sox are now a 90-win team. You know, the Indians are still there. The Astros are now the champs. But what could be better than the Twins, right? I mean, maybe, was last year an aberration? If you're a Blue Jay fan, you're like, did I miss that chance? Now, of course, you throw in Montreal. If you're a Montreal fan, you don't even have a team anymore. You just have the frustration of lost opportunities, Hall of Famers, falling just short of 79 and 80, losing in 81, having the strike taken away in 94, and in 96 and 2002 and 2003, putting together unlikely wildcard contenders before having the team ripped away and settle in Washington, D.C. to find more frustration there if you kept on with the team. God bless you. And looking at the A's with their crumbling stadium in Tampa Bay and say, are we going to get one of those teams? Can we have one of them? Is that asking too much to have one of those? And then you throw in this other caveat. Not just baseball. The car just drove by me. Not just baseball. But if you're a Canadian fan, not talking about Montreal Canadiens, you're a Canadian sports fan, chances are your number one sport is hockey. Chances are that's where your passion lies, to, to see your team win the Stanley Cup. And guess what? It's been... 25 years since a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. It's been a quarter of a century. And that is not talking just the Montreal Canadiens, who, in fact, were the last Canadian team to win. But Ottawa, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, where I'm, I'm missing one there, Winnipeg. You've seen the, the Quebec, the team from Quebec leave. The Quebec Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche. And their first year away from Quebec, they won a Stanley Cup in Denver. They picked up another one along the way. You've seen cities like Anaheim, Raleigh, North Carolina, L.A. twice, Dallas, Tampa Bay, 
these have been cities that have won the Stanley Cup. And who are two of the best hockey teams this year? Tampa Bay again. And the expansion team in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're a hockey fan in Canada and you've waited more than a quarter of a century to see just any team from your country raise the cup, knowing that there's a chance that Vegas, who didn't even have a team 12 months ago, in Nevada could raise the cup. I don't know if there are a ton of hockey fans in Las Vegas, but I'm going to guess no. And using the rule of seven, which is, for those of you who are new to the River Sully, that is, you don't really start following a sports team, start getting passionate about a sports team until you're around seven years old. If you are 32 years old or younger in Canada, you have no memory of a team other than an American team winning the Stanley Cup. Tossing the Toronto Raptors while you're at in the NBA, who is, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't believe they've even made it to a conference final, let alone the NBA finals. And you've seen a, a few Canadian teams get to the uh, Stanley Cup finals. You saw Vancouver get to the seventh game of one. Calgary got to the seventh game of one. Edmonton got to the seventh game of one. Ottawa got into the Stanley Cup Finals a few years ago, but that's it. So I'm going to say this, just in terms of the whole kit and also the caboodle of sports fandom, beyond the umbrella of baseball, the fans who are suffering the most, you know, we talk about Red Sox Nation and Cardinals Nation, is an actual nation, the nation of Canada. If you're a Canadian sports fan, and you're in the cold of winter, which adds to sports misery, of course. Seeing the window potentially close on the Blue Jays, and you're looking around saying they could be parading the Stanley Cup in Tampa Bay or down the Vegas Strip while we've endured more than a quarter of a century of not winning, then I'm sorry. You are the most suffering fans in all of sportsdom. I'm going to tell you what just happened. I'm doing this on the street where I was doing this podcast in a beautiful day. And someone just got out of their front door. They thought I was being too loud doing the podcast. That's another one of the uh, problems of trying to do this outside in your shorts. I guess I'm rubbing it into Canadian sports fans who have, quite frankly, suffered enough. Well, the cars are going past me and I'm going to head back home. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Standing outside in my shorts and, and t-shirt and being too loud for my neighbors. This has been the Sully Baseball Podcast for the second day of January 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.